Hey, hey, everybody, it's Nairby here from CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am Nairby in the halls of all Degrassi versions of schools and stuff, whether it be elementary, junior high, high, college, workforce, wherever. Anyway, it's time for another episode of Degrassi, buddy. This is episode five, and we are starting, well, we finished season one last episode. Now we are starting season two, and it was this season that I actually started watching this show back in the day. And season two picks up uh, where season one technically left off. Season one, the season finale of season one uh, was the end of the first term. And then they, I guess, went on Christmas holidays or something. And then season two, which uh, started airing in January of 1988, picks up, picks up with, season, with uh, the second term of that same year from season one which ended in March. So they've had a pretty month, pretty long break in between the uh, seasons there. So pretty long, uh, pretty long Christmas holiday, I tell you that much. And we start off with season two, episode one, the title, Egbert, January, uh, sorry, air date, January 4th, 1988. We start with Spike and she's at her support group for pregnant teens and their counselor takes them, uh, assigns them uh, to take care of an egg for two weeks and uh, act as if it were a real baby. You gotta protect it from abuse and accidents and never leave it unattended, even at school. Now, before we continue, I actually took a parenting class in high school where we had to do something like this, but it wasn't an egg. We used uh, a doll. So my one of my sisters had an old Cabbage Patch doll and I used that doll, although I didn't, uh, you know, when I wasn't at school, when I was home, uh, the doll, I forget what I named it, I think I named it Marilyn after Marilyn Monroe, but yeah, when I was at home, the doll just laid on the floor. <laughs> but I passed. I mean, they weren't—they didn't have cameras in the room, so what are you gonna do? So anyway, that's when we get the intro, the classic intro, which is still the same, the same people, the same song, the same montage as the season one. Even though we're gonna see a few new students show up. Ah, <sighs> love this show. And then we continue. Kids are on their way to school the day after Spike is at her support group. Kathleen sees Shane uh, making his way, uh, or he's, um, he was either making his way to school outside or he was sitting outside on the stairs. I think he was actually sitting outside on the stairs. Anyway, Kathleen sees Shane and remarks to Melanie, hey, there's Shane. I wonder if he got any more girls pregnant over the holidays. <laughs> God, that girl. But I love that duo of her and Melanie. Melanie replies that it was Spike's fault as well. Melanie's obviously the reasonable one. Shane sees Spike and he tries to talk to her when she arrives at school, but she wants nothing to do with him. The twins, Heather and Erica, see Spike showing up and she's carrying a box and they ask Spike about it and she tells him that it's an egg to help practice being a parent and they love it. Kathleen sees this and she remarks to Melanie that pregnant girls shouldn't be allowed at Degrassi and that Spike should be put in, put in a home. <laughs> Caitlin asks why? so everyone can pretend it never happened? Melanie asks, what about Shane? Because Spike didn't do it all on her own. And uh, Kathleen suggests that maybe Shane should be put in the home too. God damn, girl. We go to the boys' bathroom where Wheels and Joey are in there and they're talking about French kissing a girl. And Joey says that what if she bites and gives you an infection to the point where you can't talk? <laughs> Shane walks in and he tells Joey and Wheels that Spike won't talk to him anymore and that he hasn't told his parents about Spike yet because they'll just send him to a private school like the rest of his brothers. Stephanie's at her locker and she's throwing out all of her Madonna gear. 
Alexa shows up and uh, Steph, she remarks about Steph's clothes and what she's doing with them. Steph tells her she's throwing them out and Alexa just asks if she can have them and Steph just says no problem and Stephanie gives uh, Alexa all of her old Madonna gear clothes and Alexa is excited and ecstatic about it. <sighs> and Stephanie says that as school president, she has to look more adult. So yeah, all right. Well done, Steph. Arthur shows up at school where Yik is at his locker picking up all of his papers that fall over every time he opens his locker. And he surprises Yik with a squirt gun water flow to the face. And that's when we see little Scooter. Scooter is a new kid showing up. He shows up and he asks Yik and Arthur where Ms. Avery's class is. They tell him and they ask each other. Uh, no, actually Arthur asks Yik, since when do they at, since when do they allow little kids in junior high? <laughs> and in the background, as these two are talking, we get our first look at Dwayne, who will go on to become quite the frigging character, especially in Degrassi High. But we get our first look at Dwayne in this episode. Uh, we go to class. Everyone is seeing Spike's egg, and they determine that its name should be Egbert. And Alexa draws a cool little face on Egbert. Everybody's digging little Egbert. The bell rings and the zit remedy, Joey Wheels and Snake show up, and they notice that Stephanie isn't in her, in her Madonna gear. Snake suggests that she must be going to a costume party. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Raditz shows up and introduces another new student by the name of Simon Dexter. He's a new kid, and I just want to get it out there. This dude was a terrible actor. Every time he's on screen, even when he's not talking, he can't act for shit. <laughs> Alexa and Steph are instantly gaga for him. And uh, Shane sits next to Stephanie, and she remembers him from somewhere. And she's pretty sure it's from television. She asks the twins if, if uh, doesn't he look familiar? But they're not a totally sure, but Stephanie is pretty sure that, yeah, she's seen him on TV. We go to Ms. Avery's class where she introduces Scott Webster, a.k.a. Scooter. And he's an elementary student who accelerated to the seventh grade from Simcoe Elementary, a school obviously up in Simcoe, <laughs> Simcoe County, Ontario. And as Ms. Avery is finding a seat for little Scooter, Arthur takes out a squirt gun and sprays Yick with it again. Yick is like, what's going on? And Ms. Avery turns around and she's like, what? And Yick says, oh, nothing. <laughs> so Arthur and Yick are up to no good. We're going to the hallway. Shane approaches Spike and he apologizes and asks her why they can't be friends like they were before. And Spike says that she wasn't pregnant before. Shane says that he wants to help, and Spike tells him to take care of Egbert for a week if he really wants to help. So she shows uh, Shane little Egbert, and he kind of laughs it off at first, but uh, he eventually accepts it. And he asks Spike how he's supposed to explain Egbert to his parents, and Spike just shrugs and leaves. He's, exactly, it's your problem, dude. I mean, she has to. She doesn't even have to explain to her parents. She's just going to get pregnant, and they're going to start asking questions. So, come on, dude, man up. Shane arrives home from school, and he hides the egg from his parents in his shirt pocket. His dad gets off the phone and asks Shane if any of the kids at Degrassi do drugs. Shane says no, and his dad asks, "Have you ever heard of something called crack?" <laughs> Shane says yes, and his dad says that he's heard that it's getting into schools and uh, kids are messing up their lives these days, and he appreciates what a fine young man Shane is. <laughs>
The next day, Shane is accompanying Egbert to school <laughs> in a little plastic mini uh, baseball batter's helmet that I remember from back in the day. I had one of those. I think in mine was a Chicago Cubs. But uh, yeah, that's how he's carrying Egbert around with a little little tissue or hank or tape paper towel towel to act as a little bedding for him. And as he's walking into the school, everybody's making fun of him outside and in school. Just, everybody's just ripping on his ass. Ah. <sighs> Simon shows up for school and he says hi to Stephanie and the twins and they go just gaga for him. He can't act for shit. I don't care what anybody says. In the hallway, the kids are still making fun of Shane as he's uh, carrying Egbert around in the little helmet. And one of these kids is Luke, who goes on to be who goes on to be best friends with Shane later in the series. The Zit Remedy approach Shane and they joke with him. And Joey asks Shane when it's born. Is it going to be a guy or a chick? <laughs> Shane tells him to lay off and the zits laugh at the reference. <laughs> and it's at this time where we also get our first look at BLT, who will also become a major character later in the whole series. The whole series as a whole. BLT, who I like to refer to as Bolt, but BLT. First real, or her character's real name, first name is Bryant, but BLT's a lot cooler. I actually saw BLT or the dude who plays him, on the subway years ago, hanging with a few people. Years ago, but it was definitely him. Didn't say nothing to him, but I saw him. Yeah. Yick shows up for school, and he shoots Arthur with his own squirt gun, and they start squirting each other. Scooter walks up on them. They see him, and they ask him what the hell he's looking at him, or looking at. They point their squirt guns at him, and they tell him to beat it, so he runs off. We go to class, and BLT grabs Egbert from Shane, and he and all the kids start tossing Egbert around when Spike walks in. They all stop. Shane gets the egg back. And that's when Lucy shows up and she announces to everybody in class that she's having another party. And everybody in class cheers. Will says to Joey that he likes Lucy's party. To which Joey jokes, I wonder if Shane likes them. <laughs> because if ever anybody remembers from Degrassi Buddy uh, previous episode, it was at one of uh, Lucy's parties where Shane and Spike hooked up and Spike ended up being impregnated as a result. Upon hearing this news about uh, Sp uh, Lucy's party, Spike looks over at Shane and smiles because obviously she can go to the party while Shane has to stay home and watch Egbert. So yeah, Spike's, uh, Spike's happy, good for her. Class ends and Alexa wearing Stephanie's old Madonna gear is talking to, sh to us, uh, Simon, while Stephanie and the twins are following behind because uh, Stephanie doesn't realize it yet that uh, obviously uh, she's got a little competition there. In the hallway, Alexa asks Simon to the party and he accepts. Steph then quickly shows up after, she after Simon leaves and, he and uh, Alexa tells Stephanie that she asked him to the party and he said yes and she's all gaga. Stephanie's instantly pissed and she tells the twins that Alexa looks terrible in those old, in the, her old clothes, which I have to agree with because, uh, I mean, at the risk of sounding like a sexist asshole and not caring, uh, those clothes are like two sizes too small for Alexa, but what you gonna do? School's over. Scooter walks past Yick and Arthur and says goodbye to them. They just shrug it off and ignore him. They turn their backs where, when Scooter pulls out his own little squirt gun and he squirts Arthur in the side of the face, who instantly thinks that it was Yick. 
And he says, hey, I thought we called a truce, but Yick insists that it wasn't him. We go to Joey and the Zits, and they're the Zit, they're the zit Remedy, but I'm just good for short form, call them the Zits. They approach Shane in the hallway and joke that while they get to go to Lucy's party, which is going to just be the blast of the year, Shane gets to stay home with Egbert. Lucky him, you know, that kind of shit. <laughs> Steph and the twins are the first to arrive at Lucy's house as she's getting prepared and her parents aren't home and they, she tells them that they have no that the parents have no idea that she, she's having a party. And she tells uh, Stephanie and the twins that they're not allowed to touch the booze. Stephanie is dressed like a church girl, as obviously she's no longer dressing all Madonna-like. We go to we go to Shane's house and he's doing homework as his parents are playing Jim Run Gin Rummy together. His dad asks Shane why he's home on a Friday. Shane asks, Shane says that he's got homework and his dad is his dad is proud of him. Good yeah, good boy Shane. What a role model. <laughs> we cut back to Lucy's party and we see that uh, her tape deck that's right a tape deck has chewed up one of her cassette tapes and therefore there's no music being played and nobody's having any fun. Meanwhile, the Zits are sitting on the couch and they're trying to listen to music via the headphones from Wheels' Walkman. <laughs> but the headphones will only go so loud. <laughs> oh, those old Walkmans, man. Those cassette tape Walkmans, man. Those things ate up battery power like no tomorrow, man. I remember those things. Ridiculous. But, hey, man, we progressed to iPods, so it's awesome. At the party... Simon is talking to Alexa as Stephanie is right there with like within inches just standing there listening. And Simon asks Alexa to a movie and she accepts. Alexa then asks Simon if he wants a pop. <laughs> oh, it's it's so funny. When I hear other people say it, especially on TV, when they refer to soda as pop, I just laugh. I just can't help but laugh. It's just funny to me. <laughs> so Alexa goes to get Simon a pop. <laughs> and then Shane, sorry, Snake asks Simon, that he says that, so you really like Alexa, right? And, and uh, Simon says yes, and he loves the way that she dresses. Alexa tells Stephanie about the date, the movie date, and Stephanie then tells Alexa that she wants her clothes back, but Alexa says no. Shane arrives at the party, and he says that he brought Egbert, and he says that a lot of people bring their babies to parties. Everybody gets excited and they grab Egbert and they start tossing Egbert around one to one another like a game of hot potato. When they end up throwing it back to Shane, they encourage him to throw it as Spike is watching on in just utter disbelief. Shane thinks about it for a second as everybody's encouraging him and egging him on. <laughs> egging him on. He smiles and then he starts tossing little Egbert around. Spike gets pissed and storms out and Shane follows him. Spike tells Shane that she's scared because she's going to have a baby. And she says that the only reason Shane... Well, Shane says that he's scared too. And Spike says that the only reason that Shane is scared is because his parents will find out. Or that he's scared because his parents will find out. Whereas Spike's the one who's going to get fat. Spike's the one who's going to have to give birth and be in pain. And Spike gets so mad that she ends up just tossing Egbert to the ground. And little Egbert breaks and dies right in front of our face. Still has that smile though. Spike tells Shane that uh, he says that he wants to help, but he only says that when it's convenient, and she walks off. That's when Shane returns home all somber. His parents are at home being boring. I think his mom was knitting while his dad was reading a book. 
Shane walks up to them and he says, Mom, Dad, there's something I've got to tell you. And that's when we get the freeze frame and the credits. A great classic episode. Egbert, always a classic episode, man. Oh, yeah. And Stephanie wants her clothes back. And also, also we got the introduction of uh, Alexa and Simon as a couple, which, uh, spoiler alert, lasts quite a long time. Ah, love that episode. Anyway, we go to episode two, which was one of those pushing the envelope episodes. I got to tell you that, man. Episode two, air date January the 11th, 1988, entitled A Helping Hand. We start with the Zit showing up for class and they're excited because a producer wants to hear them play. Snake asks Joey what they're going to do when the producer finds out they only have two songs. And I'm like, two songs? <laughs> they only have one freaking song. For <laughs> All right. Lucy comes in and she announces to the class that Mr. Radich is in the hospital to get his appendix taken out. Everybody's excited about it and talking about what they're going to do to mess with the substitute when the substitute shows up and everybody quiets down. And the substitute announces himself as Mr. Colby. And uh, everybody's surprised that it's not an old person. In fact, a youngish, probably in his mid to late 30s, uh, dude. Some of the dudes are finding him, uh, you know, a little attractive there. And that's when we get the classic intro. After the intro, it's a few days later. Mr. Colby is handing out grades for a recent assignment. And Lucy's excited when she gets an A+. Because she's never gotten an A+, before. And she's asked by, uh, I, I think it was LD, why she's so excited and that uh, I thought you didn't care about grades and Lu Lucy says that no I don't they're fascist but I've never gotten an A plus before and Lucy and all the other girls thinks that Mr. Colby's pretty hot we cut to Stephanie who's still angry about giving her clothes away and not getting Simon meanwhile the Zits are practicing their one and only song they do not have two I've never heard a second one and they're practicing it while Alexa and Simon are watching on and as they leave, Joey turns to the rest of the Zits and he says that he doesn't trust Simon. Wheels tells Joey to just give Simon a chance. Wheels ends up leaving the practice because he has to go to a tutoring session, session with Ms. Avery. Joey's not happy about it and, and uh, he's, he confides in Snake that, you know, Wheels always have to, they always have to cut their practices and rehearsals short because of Wheels. But what you gonna do? In Ms. Avery's class, she wants to make sure that Wheels has set up his eye appointment and she schedules his tutoring session for sessions for after school, but Wheels says that he can't because that's when his band practices. Ms. Avery suggests that he quit the band until he gets his marks up because he's in danger of failing. In the girls' bathroom, LD tells Lucy that she wants to get more attention from boys as she's trying to fix herself up. But she doesn't but she wants more she wants attention more than just like a sports buddy because Lucy's like a or sorry LD's like a tomboy she wants she wants like date and she wants to be asked out Lucy suggests you know maybe sprucing up her look and she invites LD over to her house for a makeover to which uh, LD accepts LD and Lucy of course become very good friends during this series in the hallway Shane tells uh, Spike that he told his parents about Spike and that they were upset and Shane's parents want the families to get together and talk but Spife is pretty iffy about it she doesn't she doesn't really like the idea we go cut to Lucy and LD as they're leaving Mr. Colby tells Lucy how great he thought her paper about losing a best friend who was Vula 
Vula, who only appeared in season one, she's no longer in the show anymore. He understands about loneliness after uh, Lucy's paper about Vula and how it feels being lonely after her friends moves away. He then remarks uh, about how nice a girl uh, Vula seems to be, and Lucy smiles back at him. Lucy's really digging Mr. Colby. And she tells Mr. Colby that she and Vula are still friends and they're going to a movie on the Saturday. And uh, yeah, Colby uh, afterwards. Uh, LD thinks uh, Colby is getting a little too friendly and he uh, noticed that he was touching her shoulder. And Lucy says that uh, there's no such thing as being too friendly. Later on, LD and Lucy arrive at Lucy's house where Lucy plays a message on from the answering machine and it's yet another message from her mother saying that she's not going to be home, she's going to be home late. So once again, Lucy's going to not have her parents around. And also in the message, her mother says that they need to go see a lawyer to review her shoplifting case. As everybody remembers, or might remember, the episode from season one where Lucy, uh, with Vula, got busted for shoplifting. Lucy's ticked off about hearing about this going to have to go and see a lawyer, but she just uh, shrugs it off. And then another message plays, and it's from Vula telling Lucy that she can't go to the movies with her on Saturday because her parents have not allowed her to have this, have, uh, uh, basically said, you're not allowed to see Lucy because she's bad. But Vula says that she promises she'll call her back and hopefully by then her parents will get over everything about being caught shoplifting and, uh, and whatnot. And after this, L, uh, LD asks Lucy if she ever gets lonely. And Lucy replies that I like being alone. I'm independent. And during this point, Lucy puts a shitload of makeup on LD, who ends up looking completely ridiculous, even for the 80s. Bloody hell. And uh, after she ends up leaving Lucy's house, Lucy, sorry, LD looks at herself in, a, in the mirror of a nearby parked car, doesn't like how she looks, and she just wipes it all off. The next day, the 8th grade, grade class, Mr. Colby's class, is discussing the, the death penalty. And during this time, LD sees Mr. Colby, who suddenly sits down at Lucy's desk. And LD spots Mr. Colby looking down Lucy's shirt. After class, Steph tells Alexa that she wants her clothes back, but Alexa's still refusing. The Zit Remedy are discussing their future, and Wheels says that he can always play that they can always play without them. And Joey says, it's not the Zit Remedy without a Zit. <laughs> Love it. Ah, they notice Lucy and Colby are alone in the class and they find it weird how Colby seems to really like Lucy. After school, LD tells Lucy about Colby looking down her top. Lucy thinks that LD is lying and is just jealous. And she gets mad at LD. And uh, Lucy storms off and LD replies, Well, at least I don't shoplift. And Lucy pretty much says, Well, see if I ever help you again. So we got a little trouble brewing between uh, this little duo. Lucy arrives at home and there's once again another message from her mom saying that she and the dad will be home late again and that she left some money for food. Poor Lucy, man. Lucy's just a great character. The next day, Wheels shows up at school and he's wearing his glasses. And everybody likes him and he's starting to look like the Wheels we all end up come to knowing. The others that see him in his glasses, and at first they're not too thrilled, but they quickly eventually accept it. But then they ask if Wheels is going to wear them on stage. 
and they wonder who's ever heard of a rock star wearing glasses and wheels replies what about john lennon and joey says who <laughs> oh i love it we go to stephanie who's at her locker when alexa shows up and returns all the madonna gear to stephanie after alexa got in trouble from her parents who said that the clothes make her look like a lady of the evening and she's grounded for two weeks Stephanie, is, of course, is excited about getting her clothes back. After class, Colby asks Lucy to stay so they can talk. He says that he, you know, he, he wants some help to get familiar with all of Mr. Radish's systems and how he works things and how he operates. And uh, Lucy happily accepts. And Colby leaves because he's got some stuff to do as Lucy waits. In the hallway, Joey and Snake hear somebody playing bass. They go in and they see that it's Simon. They like what they hear, and they ask him to join the band. Wheels arrives at Ms. Avery's class for tutoring. Lucy's back in Colby's class, waiting for him to arrive. He shows up, and he closes the door. Lucy's sitting at a desk. Colby starts walking around her, and he compliments her by telling her how mature he thinks that she is. And he ends up sitting behind her at a desk behind her. And he tells her that he knows what loneliness feels like after he got divorced. And she starts getting uncomfortable as uh, Colby starts rubbing her shoulder, rubbing her scarf that's around her neck. And he tells her that she needs a friend. Back at Avery's tutoring class, Wheels can't find a book that he needs. So Avery gives him permission to go and get it. Wheels is heading to his locker. And upon heading to his locker, he notices through a door window that Colby is getting a little close to Lucy and it's really uncomfortable. Wheels quickly opens the door interrupting them and stopping it. Colby asks what the hell he's doing there and Wheels says he's there to get a book that he forgot. And that's when Lucy, ugh, this Colby guy, creepy as fuck. Lucy's relieved, quickly gets up and storms out of the room. Lucy gets home upset and she finds that once again, her parents are not home. Her mother left another message saying that her parents are going to be late again. That's when LD shows up at Lucy's house and apologizes to Lucy for snapping at her, gives Lucy back her scarf. But Lucy, obviously there's something wrong with her. LD asks what's wrong and that's when Lucy just, just breaks down and starts crying. LD gives her a hug. The next day, Joey and Snake tell Wheels about Simon joining the Zits as the new bass player. And Wheels asks, what about me? And they say that they can have two bass players and how, wow, like what band has ever had two bass players? It's awesome and they're excited. Well, at least Joey and Snake are excited. And that's when we see Stephanie. She's gone back to wearing the Madonna gear. And we see Simon, who's walking hand in hand with Alexa to school. Stephanie is sitting with, standing there with the twins outside and she says hi to Simon. And Simon replies, hi twins. <laughs> Completely ignoring Stephanie. <laughs> oh my god Lucy runs into Mr. Colby in the stairwell where he apologizes uh, and wants Lucy to stay after school again Lucy says no Mr. Colby not in a million years Lucy arrives for class and wheels uh, stop wheels catches up with her interrupts her and he asks her if she's going to do anything about Colby Lucy doesn't have anything to say and wheels says that he'll be a witness if she needs it Lucy smiles and says, will you? And she smiles, thanks him, and that's when we get the credits. 
Seriously, man. Pushing the envelope this show did. I love this show. And we get more, more buildup of Simon and Alexa and Stephanie. <laughs> oh, Stephanie. Oh, Simon. Get some acting lessons, damn it. And finally, we're on to episode three. Entitled Great Expectations. And uh, air date January 18th, 1988. We're in the school office where we see Liz. And she's giving her info, and she's supposedly a new student, a new student to Degrassi, even even though we did see her in the background on and off during season one, including in episode one. So she was there, but she was just never given any major role. But finally, we're now introduced to her, and I I've always dug Liz, especially the hair, the, the hair. I think she, I love the hair and the great character, man. She's fucking great. Forget my language. She's there with her mother to register, and already Liz doesn't like the school because she thinks everybody is just, she's just, they're just too preppy. And that's when Joey exit the, exits the principal's office, because as usual, he's in trouble for being Joey. And he's asked by Dora, sorry, Doris, the secretary, to show Liz to Mr. to uh, Mr. Radish's homeroom, where Joey's also a uh, member of that homeroom. And Joey happily says yes, because he likes what he sees. Joey introduces himself to Liz as Joey Jeremiah, chairman of the welcoming committee. And he instantly likes her and asks her out. And that's when we get the credit, the opening intro. The next day, everybody's arriving at school. The Zit Remedies discuss Simon and how he would rather play soccer instead of being in the band. And Snake calls Simon a narbo. <laughs> uh, narbo and broomhead. Classic Degrassi insult. I love it. That's when Joey sees Liz walking to school, and he, he says that he's heard rumors about her, and wonders if they're true, and he wonders uh, if she does it. Joey asks Snakes and Wheels. Joey asks Snake and Wheels if they ever think about having, like, really having sex. They say yes, and Joey says that he. Joey says that he thinks about it all the time. <laughs> of course he does. He's a friggin' teenage boy. Bloody hell. <laughs> Liz is walking through the halls, and while she's doing this, everybody's just giving her this look as if she's weird or something, but they're not saying anything. I think she's cool. I've always thought Liz like, especially that hair, man. How it's all buzz-cutted, but there's that those long strands at the front. I've always dug that look. I've always dug the Liz character. We go to the library, and Yik finds Arthur reading a book on anatomy. And Yik asks Arthur what it's about. Arthur quietly tells Yik that he's been having weird dreams lately. And he's these weird dreams where he wakes up and he's and he he says, Wake up and you sort of uh leak. <laughs> Yik replies loudly, Oh, you mean a wet dream? <laughs> Arthur shushes him, and Kathleen, who's also in the library, hears this and looks at them out of curiosity. You don't want Kathleen hearing about this shit. Bloody hell, Kathleen. Arthur says that he gets these wet dreams at least once a week, and he's worried that he's turning into a sex maniac. <laughs> well, they didn't get the opportunity to watch Swamp Sex Robots in season one, so <laughs> poor Arthur. <laughs> in the hallway, Alex wants to talk uh, to Stephanie. Sorry, uh, yeah, Alex. Sorry, Alex, the dude, not Alexa, but the dude, Alex. He wants to talk about Stephanie, who's school president. He wants to talk to her about the school school's financial problems, but she tries to blow him off. And she just walks into the girl's bathroom, otherwise known as her office, and Spike is in there. Uh, Stephanie 
quickly changes into her Madonna gear. And that's when Liz exits one of the shitters. And as she's washing her hands, Stephanie and Spike are just, just staring at her, not saying a thing. They're just openly staring at Liz as Liz is just minding her own business. Like, come on, man. Ugh. Liz is done washing her hands. Stephanie sarcastically asks, says to Liz that she loves her hair. Liz replies that at least she doesn't have to get dressed up in a school washroom because she's afraid of what her parents will say. <laughs> exactly. You tell her, Liz. And another reason this is awesome, because this is also the first face-to-face -face encounter between Liz and Spike, who go on to be friggin' best friends and another great duo. Liz and Spike, I love those two together. They're friggin' awesome throughout this whole series. Uh, Liz leaves, and that's when Spike refers to Liz as a sleaze. <laughs> and she says this to uh, Spike, I wonder if she does it. And that's when she ends uh no, she doesn't say to Spike. She just quick out loud says, I wonder if she does it. And that's when she quickly realizes that Spike is right there. And she says to Spike, I mean, not like you. You made a mistake, right? <laughs> Bloody hell. Spike rolls her eyes and suggests that maybe people who look different always have stories made up about them. Exactly. Stephanie insists that the rumors of Liz being a, a whore must be true because of the way she, because of how she dresses provocatively says Stephanie as she's dressed provocatively. <laughs> we go to class where Radish is telling the kids about a project where they'll work in pairs. Joey's face lights up and he asks Liz if she wants to be uh, partners on this project. And Liz just casually agrees. Joey gets excited. We cut once again to Alex who still wants to talk to Stephanie about raising money. During this point we see uh, El uh, Stephanie sees Simon uh, approaching. And as he gets closer, she purposely drops her books, hoping that Simon will bend and pick them up. But no, Alex is there and he picks them up instead <laughs> as Shane or sorry, Simon keeps walking and this ticks off Stephanie and the twins. <laughs> oh, Alex. <laughs> oh, Alex is good. Alex is going to have some pretty funny uh, and interesting times during this series, especially in Degrassi High. Oh, yeah. During lunch, we're outside. Yik tells Arthur that he needs to be re to relax because maybe it's normal to have wet dreams. Arthur asks Yik, asks Yik how many he's had, and Yik says none. Poor Yik. Come on, man. Wet dreams are awesome. <laughs> well, they are. Uh, Arthur says that he wishes he had somebody to talk to about it, and Yik suggests Art's dad, Art, Arthur's dad. And Arthur says no because his dad will think he's a pervert. <laughs> oh, I love these two. <laughs> Still outside at lunch, Spike sees Liz eating by herself. Spike is also eating by herself, and she goes up to Liz, and she just starts talking to her, and, and they quickly be, and they pretty much quickly becomes you know pretty friendly. And I I seriously love these two together, man. And I, they obviously paired these two together because of the similar hairstyles. You know, Spike has got her crazy spiked hair which i think is awesome and liz has got her buzz cut with the strands in the in in the front which just are awesome like these two together like the just the writers of this show found the perfect characters to put together as dynamic duos i mean there's more dynamic duos to come and these two are just another one love it liz asks uh spike if, if she really is pregnant spike says that she is and Liz says that she's never going to get pregnant. 
Liz, Liz says that as soon as she turns 16, she's moving back to Linden because she can't stand it at Degrassi. Spike suggests that maybe Liz will like it at Degrassi by then, and Liz doubts it. <sighs> we cut the Visit Remedy and BLT playing catch together, throwing a ball to one another during lunch. You know, good exercise. And uh, Joey is throwing the ball too fast for Snake's liking. <laughs> Joey uh, talks about making it with Liz, and they laugh at him. Snake says, face it, Joey. When it comes to girls, you're all talk and no action. Joey doesn't like this, and he whips the ball right back to Shane, who replies, hey, not so fast. <laughs> God, it didn't even look fast. Come on, Snake. <laughs> Man, <laughs> not so fast. Dude, <laughs> damn. We go back to class and Arthur overhears Melanie talking about a sex radio show for teens called Dr. Sally. Yick asks Melanie when the show is on and Melanie says, uh, he asks Melanie when, when is the show on and can anybody call? Melanie replies, it's on tonight and yes, anyone can call. But why? Do you have a sexual problem, Yick? <laughs> oh, she's awesome. Yick says he doesn't and it's for, just for a friend, but they don't believe him. We go to the library where Liz and Joey are working on their project. Joey is just sitting there mesmerized by Liz. And Joey tells Liz that he really likes her hair. And then she just chuckles and blows him off. That's when the bell rings and they decide that uh, they need to finish the work. Well, they decide to finish the project after Liz uh, suggests doing it at Joey's house. Not not doing it, Joey, but, but finishing the project at Liz's house which excites Joey. In the next class, Joey tells the Zitz about going to Liz's house and he assumes that it means they're gonna have sex. After class, Arthur tells Yick that he doesn't want to call Dr. Sally, but Yick insists. In the hallway, Stephanie tells the twins that she's just gonna straight out ask Simon out. But the twins suggest that maybe Simon likes Alexa instead, but Stephanie just ignores them. And as uh, Stephanie sees uh, Simon showing, uh, walking near her, she's she starts talking to him, starts asking him out, but they're interrupted by Alex, <laughs> who reminds Simon that he needs to get ready for soccer practice. Simon's like, oh yeah, and he quickly leaves, which pisses off Steph as she storms off. And after this, the twins start laughing. <laughs> oh, Alex. <laughs> oh, Alex is great. Ugh. After school, Liz gives Joey her her home address where they can, where they're gonna meet later. Spike shows up, and Liz asks uh, Spike what she thinks of Joey, and Spike says that he can be a bit of a jerk, but he's okay. Liz says uh, tells Spike that she likes him. Joey catches up with Wheels and asks him if he still has the condoms that he bought last term for his date with Stephanie. Wheels reminds Joey that they use them all for water bombs. <laughs> Joey asks Wheels if he'll go to the drugstore to buy some with him, and Wheels declines. Joey asks Wheels if he's if if he was nervous about almost doing it with Steph, and Wheels says that he was a lot nervous. Wheels tells Joey that maybe he's just he's just wait, and you know what if Liz doesn't want to have sex? To which Joey replies, the way she dresses, the way she laughs at my jokes. She likes me, and she invited me over, right? It's pretty obvious, man. <laughs> God, Joey. Wheels replies, is it Joey? And he just leaves. Ah, <laughs> uh, young boys. 
Liz is at home and she tells her mom that uh, a boy is coming over to work on a school project. Her mom isn't too thrilled about Liz having boys over when she's not home. Liz tells her mom that, she, you know, just trust her. And her mom trusts her and goes to work. We go to the drugstore, Chopper's Drug Mart, where Joey's, Joey goes to buy some safes. <laughs> Remember that episode, man? Oh, what was it? Uh, best laid plan from season one. Where Joey goes to the drugstore with wheels to buy some safes. <laughs> Love it. But Joey's nervous about buying some safes, so he grabs a shopping cart and he fills it with paper towels, toothpaste, a bag of chips, some shampoo. And as he's in the safe section, <laughs> somebody, uh, a, a customer comes up upon him. Joey sees it. And quickly grabs a box of tampons and puts them in his cart, as well as some condoms. <laughs> Joey eventually sees that he grabbed a box of tampons and puts them back. Oh, but this is, yeah, this is true, Matt. I can confirm that as a, that as a dude, especially a teenage dude. I mean, not that I've, you know, not that I'm familiar with the whole world of sex or anything. But, you know, I, I did, back as a teenager, buy a box of condoms just to see what it was like to put one on and how they felt. I never ended up using them. But yeah, it was weird buying them. And uh, yeah, I did the same thing as Joey. I also bought other shit to like kind of hide the condoms in with them. So yeah. But now you can buy condoms easily. There's a freaking there's a freaking condom store in downtown Toronto called the Condom Shack, which sells just condoms and sex stuff. So bloody hell. Joey takes his uh, items up to the cashier to pay for them. The cashier sees the box of condoms and he says that he thinks these are on special for $4.99 down from $7.99. And he says, let me find out. <laughs> and he grabs the phone to ask on the PA system. <laughs> Joey freaks out and says that he doesn't mind paying more. But that's when an assistant shows up to answer the call. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the cashier, uh, holds up the box of condoms <laughs> to the assistant and asks her if she'll check and see if they're on special. <laughs> the assistant sees it, does a big smile <laughs> when she realizes that Joey wants to buy condoms. <sighs> and that's when we see an old couple looking on. The man is just kind of like, you know, <laughs> kind of like, kind of like smiling and laughing while his wife, we all well, assume it's his, his wife, is just like, like, I can't believe this. <laughs> uh, the insistent brings back the condoms and says, yes, says, yes, they are on sale for $4.99. Well, before this happened, Joey tells the cashier that really he doesn't mind paying $4.99. And that's when the assistant shows up and said, confirms that, yeah, they are $4.99. <laughs> we go to Yick and Arthur, who are at a payphone listening to Dr. Sally via a big radio. And yet, and Arthur can't believe what they're talking about on the radio. They're talking about sex and penises and stuff. Arthur tells Yick to just call. That's when Arthur deposits a coin into the payphone and starts dialing. Yick arrives at Liz, sorry, Yick. Joey arrives at Yick's, <laughs> Joey arrives at Liz's house. <laughs> sorry, I'm going through my notes. And, but before he knocks on her door, he takes a, one of the condoms out from the, from the box and puts them in his shirt pocket. He knocks on the door and Liz yet lets him in. And that's when they begin working on the project. We go back to the payphone. Arthur's worried about Melanie and company, Kathleen and them, recognizing his voice because they listen to the show. 
And that's when his, his call is answered live. But Arthur doesn't want to say anything. And the, the Dr. Sally is saying, hello, hello. Yick grabs the phone quickly and he says, I've got a friend who's 12 years old, gets a lot of wet dreams. Is he a pervert? <laughs> Arthur quickly grabs the phone and hangs it up and says, I'm not a pervert. Yick replies, calls Arthur a chicken. Arthur calls Yick a broomhead. <laughs> and that's when they hear Dr. Sally answering the question and saying that it's normal for young boys to have wet dreams. And his friend is not a pervert because it's just a stage of puberty. Yick and Arthur fi high five each other because Arthur is not a pervert. He's just a typical dude. We go back to Liz's house. And while she's reading from a book about their project, Joey is just looking at her all mesmerized. Joey then takes a deep breath and he says to Liz, Liz, do you want to do it? Liz chuckles and says, do it. Joey says, sex. I want it. You want it. He then grabs the condom from his pocket and says, let's do it. Liz is feeling awkward and Joey says, come on, Liz, please. I really want to. Lloyd, Lloyd, Joey then gets, Liz then gets mad at Joey and friggin says that she trusted him. She liked him. She thought he was different, but why do all you guys do? All you ever think about is having sex and she kicks his ass out of his house, out of her house. And she says that she hates him. And that's that. Joey grabs his bag of uh, chips and condoms and toothpaste and shampoo and leaves. Next day at school, everybody's uh, showing up, and Wheels wants an update from Joey about what happened at Liz's house. Joey tells him that nothing happened and that she's really mad at him, and he's up he's, he's sad that she's mad at him, and he tells Wheels that he feels really bad because she that because he really liked her, he really likes her, and that's when we get the credits and the end of the show, another great episode. The introduction of uh, Liz and Spike as a duo. Arthur and Yick continuing their antics. <laughs> oh, they're great. Uh, and poor Alex. Poor Stephanie. Stephanie just wants to go out. Well, maybe she'll get her chance. I'm I, I do know that there's an episode coming up where uh, she does finally get her opportunity to ask Simon out. And uh, that, I'm pretty sure that is an interesting. I know I'm pretty. I know that episode. That is an episode where Dwayne is featured for the first time for real. And that's a good episode. It's probably going to come up uh, in the next set of episodes, which are episode four, entitled "Dinner in a Show," where Shane's and parents invite Spike and her mom to to dinner so that everyone can meet and have a talk. Episode five, stage fright, where Caitlin has difficulty accepting her condition. After she learns that she has epilepsy and episode six entitled fight where Joey has to face the consequences when he crosses Dwayne, the class bully, which is a classic episode. And it is during that episode where Stephanie finally gets an opportunity to ask Simon out. So some good stuff coming up here on Degrassi Buddies, CerealGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby at the fight. Yeah. So anyway, join us next time for that episode. And if you've got feedback, memories regarding Degrassi Junior High characters, stories, whatever, by all means, email them to me at nerby at gmail.com or leave a comment 
on these posts at SierraLoneGrapeJuice.com and I'll read them and give my opinion and maybe you'll trigger my memory and thoughts about other stuff. But there, but there we go. And that was this episode, episode 5 of Degrassi Buddy. And I just want to reassure all those dudes out there, whether you're a young dude or an old dude like me, it's perfectly normal to have wet dreams. In fact, I love having wet dreams. I haven't had a wet dream in a long time. Damn it. I want to have a wet dream. Maybe I'll have one tonight. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see you next time.